0: my toddler says to me does a train have teeth no i say then how come it can chew she says ha that's very funny choo chew. she says no how come it can chew food welcome to triple click where we bring the games to you this week we are going over our triple click picks our list of the best games our favorite games the games you should go play the games you should tell your friends about let's see what we can add
1: I'm Jason Shire. I'm Kirk Hamilton.
2: And I'm Maddie Myers.
1: Hello. Hey. It's us
2: again. We here we are. are all back. three of us again. <laughs> Can you believe
1: it? It's all three of us. <laughs> all of us this are week. Here. All three hosts are, here.
2: <laughs> normally, are Normally, people are worried. Like, they don't hear all three names at first. They just hear no, one true. person mm-hmm. talking, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, are the other two hosts going to show up? <laughs> but then we all come in, and it's just a big relief for everyone.
1: Plus, there are the times that Maddie, you, and I record, and then Jason just overdubs his parts later, which yeah. no one can ever well, tell because no no I do a lot of editing. About
2: That's that. why no one ever
1: reacts to me because I'm just uh, <laughs> right. chiming in. With <laughs> it's true. not
2: that we're just ignoring. It's it's whatever true. Jason says mm-hmm. that's not I've gotten better
1: is. at just sort of anticipating when you made a joke and just right, laughing and <laughs> laughing in advance uh-huh. I
2: think
0: one week we should do I'm Jason Shire, I'm Kirk Hamilton and then just silence for the rest of the episode and we just air an, an hour and long then at moves, the very end that. I
2: like I burst mm-hmm. open the door and I'm like ah, I'm Myers and it's right, like right. If, it's hey, hey if you out it's there would late. like
0: to if you would like to make <laughs> it so all three of us can continue doing the show and we don't have to kick someone out
2: Wow. because,
0: <laughs> because we ran out of Money. This is the
2: only thing preventing us from kicking someone out. Yes. So listen closely. Uh,
0: one of us one of us would be ousted if we didn't if we weren't able to fund the show. Hey, did you mm-hmm. know that we are not uh we are not supported by advertisers at all. We don't have any ads on this show. Instead, no ads. we are entirely made possible by listeners and listeners becoming members of Maximum Fun, the network that we are hosted on. If you become a member, not only do you get to support the show, which is really cool and good, and really just good good people just support our show, uh, <laughs> True, you also get karma. cool stuff. You get bonus episodes from us once a month. We do bonus episodes every single month, including one we just ran a few days ago. Uh, where we the three of us talk about the Mario movie, not the one that's coming out in April. But <laughs> yeah, the one we that didn't came out get
2: advanced screeners for the 1993.
0: 2023 Mario no. animated film. Um, no, <laughs> we did not. We're talking about the one, of course, the the iconic uh, Mario Brothers movie from 1993 Bob starring Hoskins. Dennis Dennis Hopper. Um that was a very fun conversation. I really enjoyed that one. So uh, Was that was a true chaos mode episode? It was, extremely chaos. Just like such a It's so much fun to just dissect a silly weird movie. That's like yeah. it's not good but not like Horrible to watch or anything, and I was it thinking did. it made me want to watch more weird older movies. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about how it's so much easier to watch a bad movie than to play a bad game. Oh my god, um, yes! So anyway, point being, <laughs> check out our bonus episodes. Become a member today. Go to maximumfun.org/slash/join. You will only you don't only get that; you get like a whole whole host of dozens of bonus episodes we've done, and one new one every month, including uh, a new one this month, which we're not 100 percent sure yet, and then a new one in December. Just every month, every time there's a month you will get a bonus (laughs) every time
2: there's a month (laughs) And just there will be happens. another month So as long as we month, keep having months, mm-hmm. yeah. That's how that they just works. just keep coming.
0: <laughs> it's one after the next. <laughs> it is daylight savings this weekend. And if they decide to make Ugh. a month light savings, then Ooh. maybe you won't get a bonus episode yeah. that mm-hmm. month. If that ever but, happens,
2: uh, yeah. If they ever just month. decide, hey, Although, we're going to skip if, February. <laughs> <laughs> if they get rid of daylight savings, we will stick with the monthly bonus episode schedule. A lot of people uh-huh. are probably worried about that, too. But yes. don't worry yes. about that.
0: Yes, it's true. Anyway, go to MaximumFun.org slash join to help us out, become a member, get some cool stuff along the way. All right, on with the episode. Kirk, what are we talking about today?
1: We're talking about games. And more specifically, we're talking about good games. And even more specifically than that, we're talking about the best games, Mm. according to TripleClick. So we are going to update our list of triple-click picks for the first time in about a year and a half, which is kind of wild that it's been that long. It has been a long time. Um, But it's time to update this list. So let me explain what this list is, and then I will tell you all what is currently on the list, and then we will talk about those games, and then we'll talk about what games we think might make it on. So triple-click picks was an idea that we had around the beginning of Triple Click, when we were sitting around a Google document thinking, what are some things <laughs> we should talk about on our new games podcast? Yeah, And one of them was uh, a, a sort of living list that we update just every so often, every year, year and a half. Not like constantly updating it, just every mm-hmm. so often we return to it. And it's a list of 10 games that we all think are really good and that also sort of give you a good context for us <laughs> as a, a a trio, the things we like. Yeah, the things mm-hmm. we like because these are all games that I think inform our tastes and that we think a lot of, and that we're typically judging other games that we play against. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. if you wanted to sort of understand the primordial soup of triple clicks. Taste. You could play these ten games, and you'd have a pretty good sense of it. Mm -hmm. There are also
0: games that have held up really well. I was just thinking about this, and I was looking actually at my list of like my favorite games of X year. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you pick a game that like you're really enamored of the month you play it, and for a couple weeks after you play it, but then a year goes by, and you're like, you know, I don't know, I don't really have that fond Mm -hmm. feelings about this. Recency
2: bias, basically. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of
0: that. Um, These ten games, and the game uh, we, the games we may or may not add to it. We'll see how this goes. But the idea of these 10 games is that they're kind of timeless where... Uh, you play them you can play them at any point and you will love them no matter whether or not they're in the zeitgeist whether or not you feel like mm-hmm. um, and then also they're like the type of games that you, you will probably want to keep replaying because you'll play them and then you'll fall in love with them and uh, you won't you won't ever feel badly about them you will never have any regrets about loving them <laughs> never big,
1: big talk from Jason <laughs> well we've already said we're these are regret the best reason.
2: games according to you so yeah, man, we're we really bringing these it these are they're great. the best
1: games but they are the best Games according to us. So here is here is the current list of triple-click picks as of last April, April 2021. In the first spot, these are, I don't think, in any particular order. They're not. We have got Disco Elysium and then Return of the Obra Din. Number three is Hollow Knight. Number four is Outer Wilds. Number five, Hades. Number six, Bloodborne. Number seven, Breath of the Wild, The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, to be Mm. clear, just Mm -hmm. in case anyone was confused. Number eight, Divinity Original Sin 2. Number nine, Hitman 3, and that is the most recent Hitman 3, to be clear. Mm. And number 10, The Demon's Souls Remake. So, 10 very good games um, that we have, we have debated at least once and made one update and it's time to make an update to this list again. But for starters, I want to just go through those 10 games and re-examine them because some of these games we haven't talked about in a long time. Mm -hmm. They're all pretty fun to talk about. And I'm sure we all have, you know, we're different people now than we were a year and a half ago and we have different thoughts about games. So let's start with Disco Elysium. Maddie, why don't you make the case for Disco Elysium? Why is Disco Elysium on this list?
2: I really still love Disco Elysium a lot. (laughs) I think Disco Elysium does a lot of things well that are beyond compared to me. Uh, I'm going ahead and presenting this as though it's an opening statement in a court case or something. <laughs>
1: right. uh, Ladies so, and gentlemen of the <laughs> jury. <laughs> we all
2: know Harry. We all know Kim. We all love <laughs> the interplay between those two main characters in the game. Kim, truly one of the funniest uh, secondary characters ever in terms of just deadpan humor <laughs> and reacting to the absurdity of being around a video game protagonist at all times. Uh, and then the protagonist.
0: Do you want? Do you want to zoom out and tell people what this game is? Yeah. So this night? is
2: a mystery game. We've actually got a few mystery games on here, uh, mm. but this is this is a mystery game. You wake up with amnesia because you have a hangover, and you are Harry, Harrier Dubois Harris. I can't remember your full name, mm. but it's mm-hmm. Harry. Harry Dubois. And you are true. a cop in a slightly similar to our world, but not quite our world. It's sort of a science fiction alternate reality where most of the world has been taken over by this strange mist. And you have this weird history that you're learning about, but mostly you are solving a murder and uh, collecting clues around this town. I can't remember the name of the town. It's been too long. Uh, and you can decide what kind of cop you want to be, what kind of a detective you want to be. And you can, a lot of that revolves around what personal politics you have which this is probably the only game that portrays you as a cop as being mostly about your personal politics which I've always thought Mm. was incredibly cool like most of the time when you're a cop they just sort of take it as a given that you like being a cop but this game supposes that maybe you don't and you can play that way or you can play according to really liking the system and wanting to uphold it and then characters will react to you accordingly there are tons of different ways dialogue can go Kim is another cop who reacts to you.
0: It's a role playing game. It's presented like kind of an old school isometric role playing mm-hmm. game, except there's no almost combat. To it. So text. it's all dialogue and p- problem solving and picking up objects and stuff. And then there's a bunch of dice rolls that determine yeah, like, dice the outcomes rolls. and stuff, Yeah, um, which is really cool. So it feels like a playable D and D campaign essentially minus the combat.
2: Right. And almost everything you can eventually push your way through, even if you don't have the right skills for a given interaction, you can, Generally, just f- brute force your way through something or save scum your way through something if you're really close on skills. So, you can pretty much always see the next piece of a story. You, it just might not play out the way you want it to if you are role playing as a version of Harry who the character doesn't like, who you may be talking to, or <laughs> mm-hmm. who just isn't capable of getting the answers he wants. But no matter what, there is an ending, there's a way to, to figure out the mystery or not. And I just think the way that it portrays people and the way that it explains its weird world is still so freaking cool. It's hard to think of games that are anything like it. Uh, there's a couple that we can get to when we get to the new right, games we'll portion get of into this them. list. But uh, yeah, it's a really textured game that has a lot to say and manages to say it without feeling preachy, which I think is really hard, especially for a game with as much text as Disco Elysium has.
1: Yeah, I think textured is a good way to put it. It's such a rich game. I mean, there really is still no other game like this. It'll be a very hard task for any game to unseat Disco Elysium just Mm -hmm. because as much as I've played other games that are inspired by it. Mm -hmm. This game, just between what it's doing with the protagonist, which one of the mysteries of this game is who am I? Because, like you said, the role-playing system's occur internally so so much of the game is these conversations between your limbic system and your subconscious yeah. or whatever where one is going to emerge victorious so you have to get into an argument with your impulse control <laughs> over whether or not you're going to blurt out something to somebody and offend them mm-hmm. um, and so there's so much stuff like that that you're not totally in control of it's given me it gave me a new perspective on role-playing and actually i played this game before i started playing D with a group of friends mm-hmm. and i'd love to play it again i'd actually love to play it with my dungeon master, my game master, um, and talk to him about it because the way that they've managed to do so much of this complicated stuff but systematize it is really cool. And then, yeah, the world is amazing. I mean, it does it is like an overtly political game in that the politics of the world are a really important part of it, but it doesn't feel like it is saying any one thing. It's saying so many things. It's such a rich and interesting and nuanced experience. It's really not like anything else. Mm-hmm. Man, Disco Elysium's good.
0: <laughs> Disco Elysium sure is good. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. We gotta get. We got a we lot of still games. Still think together. it's good.
1: <laughs> hmm. We could just okay. ran about how good Disco Elysium is. Okay, Jason, Return of the Obra Din.
0: Yeah, I love this game. This game is like a giant logic puzzle, which I just love to death. Um, short premise is that you play as a claims adjuster, as one does. Um, you know, in, sure. Uh, <laughs> gripping gripping in narrative setup. You're on the ship in the 1800s and you're trying to figure out what happened to all the people on board. So you go around and you find a bunch of dead bodies and you have to use your kind of spiritual uh, uh, magical device to uh, go back in time and see a flashback of a moment just before they died. Um, and by doing this with a series of different bodies, you can eventually piece together not only what happened to each person, but also the grander narrative of this ship and what happened to it and why it has uh, been uh, just like abandoned at sea. Um, that way, you can properly adjust the claims uh, for the insurance right. on this ship, mm-hmm. um, and it's just super cool. You just uh, you're, you're given these this basic tool and a notebook and told to go figure out what happened, and uh, it's brilliant. Uh, just having to use actual deduction skills and intuition and logic and just like. Uh, actually do detective work it's one of the first and one of the only games that really really just like makes you feel like a detective and makes you feel super smart when you play it which is always a fun experience I remember just marathoning through it on a Saturday and it was just a blast to just figure out everything uh, that that happened to the Oberdin and all of its uh, all of its uh, uh,
1: sailors and crewmen and passengers. Mm-hmm. I feel like every so often I'll just see somebody saying some variation of I wish that I could have this game wiped from my mind so that I could play it again uh-huh. it was when Lucas Pope was um, recommending the case of the Golden Idol his Twitter replies there's at least one person saying man <laughs> I wish I could just forget your game mm-hmm. so that I could play it again which is um, a pretty high praise yeah I've been thinking about trying to play it again just cause like it's
0: been a while and so maybe right, and my brain happen. doesn't work anymore and yeah so maybe you forgot. don't remember it Alphabet, yeah. exactly exactly
2: This is one where people have criticized some aspects of it, though. For example, the way that you can brute force some of the puzzles. And I don't mean it in the way that I did with Disco Elysium. I more mean that you can, you can, and in some cases Mm -hmm. have to guess based on kind of nothing, who you think maybe did it. And then from there... Proceed, and I certainly know there are some people who just didn't like that. I didn't mind it in playing, but it is I a don't pretty think that's common flaw
0: necessarily. At least criticism
2: is just that not every single clue can be worked out from what you have and you do have to make some educated guesses or just not even that educated guesses. Right.
0: Well, educated, I think one of the keys is that every single guess is at least somewhat educated. And in fact the game tells you at the beginning, like you might you might have to make some guesses. That's totally fine. That's part that's part of the game because part of being a, an investigator or part of like doing actual like detective work is making some educated
1: guesses and like like seeing if the puzzle pieces fit properly. Mm -hmm. I do think, yeah, that this is one that reflects something that the three of us all really enjoy, which is a game that's extremely opaque and requires this kind of work. But it is not necessarily (laughs) a game for everyone. And Uh it's a thing. You know, we recently did an episode about Lucas Pope's first, I guess, first solo game, Papers, Please. And it is there's the similarity between these two games, as different as they are, is that they both make you do a job and you just do the job <laughs> like, yep. and that's the game is doing the job. In this case, the job is being a detective, which is a pretty fun job, maybe a more fun job than, you know, being a oh, border inspector. By
2: <laughs> far, <laughs> um, <laughs> by but, far. But
1: they both, that's really the appeal of the game and that's not for everyone. So these, this is definitely a, a mm-hmm. kind of particular pick. And
2: I, I do think that's a good comparison because I think somebody who liked Papers, Please and didn't like Oprah Din is perhaps a person who likes that in Papers, Please the only question of whether you're doing the wrong thing is a moral question and an emotional question, and those Mm -hmm. kinds of changes to your behavior impact how the game proceeds. But it's always clear to you, this person's passport is correct or it's not. That part is never in doubt. Whereas in Return of the Obra there might be stretches of time where a lot is in doubt from a technical logic perspective, and you're really just guessing for a while until you're like, okay, I I think I got it, and I've I've now found something new that's telling me I'm on solid ground again, which that's is a, a brain space that not everybody is that comfortable being in.
1: Yeah, there and they are very different in terms of the their moral universes. I mean, just yes. because Papers Please is happening in real time and you're a part of the system, so you're making these moral calls in that game. Where in Return of the Everdeen, it's much neater. You're mm-hmm. just, you're there after the fact everyone's gone from the ship, alone. so they're pretty much dead. And you, you right, can take you as much to... time as you right.
2: want. There's no ticking right. clock or, like, assassins coming to the booth trying to murder you and your are Yeah, a
1: much less stressful <laughs> game as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, a good game, of, a singular game, I would say. Another one like Disco Elysium. There's nothing really like it, though there, there are some new games that are a little like it. Alright, mm-hmm. let's keep going. Um, I'll do Hollow Knight, and I'll just go really quick. Um, we've talked about it before. This is one of my favorite games of all time personally, um, and Jason I know that you especially really love it as well it is a side-scrolling Metroid-like Souls-like, influenced by both you know the Souls games and Metroid games in that it is very difficult you lose progress if you die, it's a very mysterious world that you slowly uncover through hidden clues and over the course of the game you learn this grand story of a fallen kingdom all very Souls-y, the actual combat and mobility features it feels a little bit like Metroid, but actually a little more like, I don't know what, uh, DuckTales? It doesn't feel like anything because yeah. it, like <laughs> yeah. it feels like better than feels any like Knight, game yeah. ever. Yeah, like it's the best. That's the thing.
2: <laughs> it feels the best. <laughs> it does.
0: Well, it, it, it's hard to make a comparison because it just like outclasses all of its competitors. And that's mm-hmm. what makes it special.
1: Yeah, I would say so. As a two D platformer, this is a very difficult game. That's equal parts platforming and combat. A lot of melee combat. A lot of like very difficult moves. I was pulling off stuff in this game by the end that I can't believe I was doing because I'm not usually one for this kind of difficult game. But I got pretty good at this one. And yeah, I mean, it is. I would say yeah, it's it's up there for me in just in terms of game feel and controls. I mean, there's nothing else I can think of that I like to play as much. I've played through it so many times, like three times or something, um, and I. I love it, and I also love the story and the world building. I just think it's one of those almost impossible games, considering that it was made by you know a very small team fronted by just two guys who are currently working on a sequel. And um, I love it. I think it's a little miracle and uh, a really just a game that I always come back to and always play and think is very very good.
0: Yeah, I think we should knock it off just because Silk Song isn't out yet. So that's punishment. That'll teach punished. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. it's hard to imagine this game. Uh, Getting knocked off, just like the next one. Also hard to imagine. <laughs> yeah, Maddie,
2: Outer Wilds, oh, you take boy. this one. I- have y'all noticed these games are really good and that like every single one (laughs) of these games is great. It's like we pick the games we like the most. we talk about all of these games freaking constantly. Here's another one you've heard before. It's called Outer Wilds. What do we like about this one? Well, the environmental storytelling. And get this, you don't have any weapons. There's no combat. You just go around this (laughs) world. Um, So you play as uh, an alien creature. You're on a different star system from our own and you are are an explorer, much like the rest of your kind. You get to go on a spaceship and explore the stars. Uh, your is your coming of age story, and this is just something that everybody in your culture does, which is cute in and of itself. You meet a bunch of other cute, friendly aliens along the way, and you explore various planets in your relatively small solar system they're all within reach of you and then you discover a story about a different ancient alien sect called the moni that were really intelligent and cool no and my no my i can't remember whatever i can't it's believe fine. i do remember but i do um, but no and my. it mainly what's cool about this one is just it's just an environmental thing it's just all mm-hmm. you exploring and discovering stuff on your own and you can do it in whatever order and it'll still hang together in the end you're sort of solving a mystery in a puzzle and clearly we like that sort of thing here because a lot of these are about solving a mystery or or looking around a place and collecting clues and figuring out what really happened and outer wilds is one of the greatest to ever do it truly Mm -hmm. it's incredible and the music ah
1: Yeah, the music is amazing. It's it's aesthetically really wonderful. And I'll say that since, I think since we talked about this last, the um, Echoes of the Eye expansion, yes. the yes. DLC yeah. came out, mm-hmm. which just makes the game better to me. It fits a little awkwardly into the overall mm-hmm. game. I think if you were playing from the start, it's a little it's tricky. A little I, I don't actually yeah. know what my advice would be. I know there is advice out there for like which order to do things in, but Echoes of the Eye is amazing just on its own as an experience and is just a totally worthy thing to do along with Outer Wilds, and now it's mm-hmm. part of the game. So it's even better now than it was when we first put it on this list.
0: Another game that I would just love to erase erase the old memory banks and just add yeah, it know. again. One of the problems of these games, actually, you know, I said replayable before, but some of these are actually not very replayable. Hollow Knight replayable, is, but yeah. Hollow Knight is, yeah, Disco, Disco Elysium, Elysium, is. you can see things in different ways, although it's not quite yeah. as replayable as mm-hmm. some of the others. Um but you know it is replayable. is game number five, <laughs> Hades, yeah. which is meant to be replayable. It's a roguelite set in uh, in Greek hell. <laughs> With a whole <laughs> <bunch of laughs> gods, and You play as the son of Hades and yeah. you uh, are trying to escape hell and you go through this kind of series of randomly generated levels along the way. This is a game that I think is just like, an, uh, sort of like Hollow Knight. It's just brilliant because of how it feels to play. Um, mm. And it's just so uh, perfectly crafted, meticulously crafted. Um, you uh, just get access to a bunch of different weapons and they all feel really good and you always want to keep experimenting with them. And then it has this brilliant system where you're just like constantly finding these new power ups um but you're making decisions about how to build your character along the way in some really smart ways. You pick, you decide which god's boon you want as you go. Um, Different gods give you different types of powers. You can create different types of builds because some of them work really well in conjunction with one another. Um, It's just a super fun, super well-crafted game with a really good story and a bunch of just like hot Greek characters who people fall in love with along the way. Uh, Yeah, it's one of those games
2: that I also feel is unmatched when it comes to to interweaving a story with Mm -hmm. a system that is really combat-heavy. There are other games that have tried to do it. Neon White is a recent example. It's really hard, is mainly what I've learned from this. Hades makes it look easy, and it's actually super not.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would say that that is another similarity this game has with Hollow Knight. They tell their stories very differently, but both games are games that I find very appealing on a moment-to-moment level because of how they feel to play, but that both tell a really amazing story in a really amazing way and also that both tie the whole thing up in an aesthetic package of art and music that i just love i mean the music for hades just like holiday most all of these games have great music but especially those two where you're just it's so pleasurable to play the game the music is great the art is beautiful it feels so good and then the story you're being told is is so wonderful as well That uh, yeah they kind of feel similar in a certain way so that brings us to the next game on the list is this is Bloodborne a 2015 PlayStation 4 game another souls like from From Software this is when it became known as the Soulsborne Series. Yes, so I don't know if I see that as much anymore because it's kind of an older game now. Do mm. we
2: call it a Souls like if it's a FromSoft game? But I mean, I guess this is a game that doesn't have Souls in the title and makes people ask that question.
1: Yeah, I think people still say that. Well, and now there's Elden Ring, which we'll talk right. about a little bit, but that <laughs> doesn't theory. have Souls or Born in the title. <laughs> what do we so do? <laughs> what do we do? Elden um, Souls so, Borns. Yeah, right. Souls right. Ring I think born. They're, It's Right, Ring Souls. Anyways, uh, this is another one of those though. Notably different in some ways. This was also the game that got me into these games. Um, I had kind of bounced off Dark Souls and Demon Souls and then finally played this one. And it clicked and I got really, really into it. Then I won a bet with Jason way back in the day and made him, play, him it. play it. And he yeah. played all the way through it. I first video for him game bet well. for the pod. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the first one. The first and only one that I'll ever win. <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> um, um... <laughs> so it's a great game. I mean, it still holds up and in some ways... Uh, is still my favorite of all of them. Um, Elden Ring is such a triumph in so many ways. Um, it certainly likely deserves a spot on this list among all of the games that we're considering. But Bloodborne still has something special, even though Elden Ring improves on it in so many ways. And you know, since this game, of course, Sekiro and Dark Souls 3, there have been a lot of From games that have improved on a lot of things. Bloodborne just still has that world. It still has the story the story of the city of Yharnam and this kind of Lovecraftian cosmic horror element that I just... It turns up in all of their game, in all of the From games, there's some element of something from outer space. It happens in Elden Ring, too. But there's just something about the world of Yharnam, the city that you're going through. It's this mix of gothic horror and weird cosmic horror that unravels into this nightmare over the course of the game. It's still just like nothing else. And I... I It'll always have a special place in my heart, and I, I do think everyone should play it. Though maybe it's in a little bit of a precarious place, just because of how old it is and how long it's been since it's been updated, but I guess we'll get into that. I love Bloodborne. I think it's an amazing mm. game.
0: Replaying it today is really hard, because yeah, no, the frame rate is really rough. Um, It looks kind of janky in places, it feels pretty janky, especially if you're used to playing, like if you have a new console or a good PC and you're used to playing games at like Mm -hmm. a stable, nice 60 Mm -hmm. or even 30 frames a second and you jump into this game and it's like chugga chugga chugga. It's like really tough. Um, And Elden Ring also made that even more difficult. That said, yeah. like if there was like a 60 FPS version on PC or PS5 or something, then this would be a very different conversation. But because of that, and because mm-hmm. it's got a lot of technical flaws, I think there's a, an argument to be made that maybe it, uh, it should be replaced by one of its successors. But we can get to that a little bit later. I just wanted to bring up that point while we're going through these games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's keep going. Maddie, you've got
1: number seven.
2: So this is Legend of Zelda Breath (laughs) of the Wild. Uh, Another great one, although also one that has me thinking in the back of my head about Elden Ring and also the fact that we're about Mm. to have yet Mm. another Breath of the Wild game. It's Uh not to say that its place is shaky yet. It is perhaps the most famous Zelda game in our current era, with good reason, I would say. It is mm-hmm. a Zelda game that uh, introduces the open world concept to Zelda and also has breakable weapons. It's like, what if Link were in Skyrim, but it was all gorgeous cell shaded Is it cell shaded It looks kind of like a picture book. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Of, I never know of, yeah. how to describe these, these things, but it has it's a really like particular Zelda. look. Yeah, it looks like Zelda, but you know how every Zelda looks a little different? Like everyone has a slightly different picture book mm-hmm. a- illustrator on it. Uh, and it's also an a Zelda game that has a really cool portrayal of Zelda. You know, she almost never gets anything to do in these games, but I really liked her in this one. Beautiful, weird music. I don't know. Beautiful music. It's got some parts that are really freaking hard, but in a satisfying (laughs) way. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's it's great. It's a really good Zelda game. And for many people, it's the only one they've played because they bought a Switch during the pandemic. And who could blame them? It's a great one
0: another Mm -hmm. game that suffers from technical problems not only the frame rate issues but also you can't even remap buttons i'm not saying that that necessarily makes this precarious the way i'm saying with bloodborne but it's worth noting um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, a, f- a perfect video game. If not for, if not for some technical technical. <laughs> it's problems. so funny
1: because every t- I feel like there. I know and I want to acknowledge the listeners out there who don't like this game because there is actually a vocal oh, yeah. group of people who aren't irrational. They just have actual complaints about this game, about the dungeons in particular. The open world isn't their thing, mm-hmm. and. Um, we often talk about it in glowing terms, and Jason will say things like, "It's a perfect video game," <laughs> and I feel I feel them out there as their fists slightly tighten around their mm-hmm. their chosen podcast device. Because they device.
2: prefer Ocarina of Time or what Majora's Mask, etc. Maybe will be vindicated Maybe. if the game is knocked Maybe.
1: off the list. Um, Maybe they will be. All right, let's keep going, Jason. How about you get number one? Yeah, eight? Divinity
0: Original Sin 2, just a fantastic RPG in, this, in the in the style of Baldur's Gate um, and other Infinity Engine games of the 90s. This game takes that even further, those ideas even further by making everything systemic, everybody killable, just everything really just come together in all sorts of cool ways. And yeah, I think it's brilliant. I would have thought by now Baldur's Gate 3 would have come out to replace it, but that <laughs> game is still in early access, so I don't think it counts for the purposes of this List. Um, I just love this game. I love everything about it. I love the characters. I love the writing. I love the systems, the combat. If there is a flaw, it's that um, maybe there are too many battles that it can feel a little fillerish. But even then, like there are no random encounters, so every battle Honestly, feels yeah. like it matters. And I would never I describe them. I can't really as filler. think of yeah. I can't really think of much wrong with this game except for the fact that they released like a a, a better version a year later, like an, a director's yeah. cut version, and Kirk had
1: to re do his whole save file to that doesn't to count as a flaw
2: <laughs> no of course
1: not i've been playing it on steam deck this year is this year has really been divinity original sin 2 and persona 5 royal are like the two games i've probably played the most this year just because mm-hmm. they're so easy to just play on steam deck but yeah this game is and amazing one of those
2: games is not on this list right now but it it's might true be...
1: we could we could talk about <laughs> it um but the, yeah i agree and i think i don't know i think that Baldur's gate 3 is going to have a real fight on its hands to to outdo this game. I mean, having recently been playing it, the world, the story, the whole vibe of this kind of bent fairy tale thing, there's a cheekiness and a humor to it. It's really a wonderful game. I mean, anyone who likes this kind of thing should would probably love it. And it's a great tactical combat game as well. Like that's the only one on this list that isn't, you know, like an XCOM or a, a fire emblem, a sort of turn-based Party based combat game, which I love those kinds of games and we talk about a lot of them, but this is the one on the list that that has that kind of gameplay and it's really well done, um, even though it is pretty complicated. Like you have to get your head around a lot of stuff and a lot of inventory, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of management and and nonsense. Anyways, okay, a couple more and then we'll get into the new additions. Hitman 3. The best Hitman game, kind of a Hitman game that contains the first two Hitman games. This is of the, the recent trilogy by IO Interactive. I love this game. This is really the only stealth game on this list. Mm. The only game that is a kind of poke and prod and see what you want to make happen to this system as, you know, these interlocking clockwork systems all bounce around off of one another and you get to walk around the outside, preferably dressed up as a giant hot dog and, um, you know, poke and prod at it.
2: Throwing briefcases at people's heads, right. etc. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Knocking
1: people out with a banana. Um, <laughs> and, and it's a wonderful game. It's hilarious. Um, it is thrilling at times. It's very satisfying. Um, it's really replayable. I mean, I, I haven't played this game nearly almost. enough. Yeah, there are so many cool challenges and unique kind of one-off things that they've designed into these levels. Um, and then, of course, it, it a little unfair because it contains, if you want, if you own them, I guess, all of the levels from the previous two games. So this is an insane amount of stuff. So it's a really great game. It's still a game that I would easily recommend to anybody. And I think it has a distinct spot on this list because it isn't really anything like any of the other games here because it's a stealth
2: mm-hmm. game. And it's also one of the only kind of sim-based games, for lack of a better way right, to put it.
1: Right. Right. That's true. There aren't a lot of immersive sins. Like mm-hmm. Divinity Original Sin 2 is kind of one, but it's so it's isometric. It's so different in some ways. Mm-hmm. And I guess Breath of the Wild is semi. So one,
0: one marking answer, at least for me personally, is that even though the individual levels are super fun and there's a lot you can do in them, i found that like once I did one big stage and once I played the mm-hmm. hell out of it, I didn't have any desire to keep going because there's no like ongoing yeah. narrative. A lot of good self-games right. um, have like ongoing stories that keep you propelled through, the, through every stage. With Hitman Through, it's kind of like the the story is whatever, like you barely pay attention to it. And so once you've done one level, for me, like in Hitman 3, it was the big manor level, which I did a bunch of times and had a lot of fun with. I was kind of like, do I really need to see more of this? It's just kind of more of the same. So not saying uh, that that makes it any less of a special game, but that does feel like a mark against it, at least in my book.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I get that. It's it's tricky because it's the thing that makes it so modular and replayable Mm -hmm. is also the thing that makes it feel a little less compelling, is that the story is kind of whatever and you Mm -hmm. don't really have a big sense of stakes or characters because 47 is just this anonymous (laughs) bald guy who kills people. And that makes the game moment to moment very, very fun. But there is a kind of, if you want that bigger narrative context, that's missing. Okay, so last one is Demon's Souls remake. We added this last time. I guess, Maddie, you can start us off, but this one's pretty straightforward. Sure,
2: this is the PlayStation 5 remake of Demon's Souls. Mm -hmm. I think when we added this, it was back when it, Almost no one had access to this game, so yeah, it was kind of, kind of an unusual bad. pick for us. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's it's a remake of a classic game, and we love FromSoft games here. And I think we all felt, including me, like it sort of represented the Souls legacy in a certain way because it's like a great version of Demon Souls, which is preceding Dark Souls. 1 through 3 and preceding mm-hmm. Elden Ring and Bloodborne etc Sekiro and it, it kind of takes you back to where it all began and it's got all that same good shit in it I, I mean that was kind of our thinking clearly I yeah, it, think it's weak because I don't sound that excited it, it looks amazing
0: but, it feels amazing I mean yeah. I think a lot of our rationale is that it's just like a, a fantastic game not just that it was the representative
1: of the Soul series at it's least a mine. good starting point too because it's not quite as hard as some of the later yeah, movies
0: and the bosses are kind of gimmicky for the most mm-hmm. part. You can beat them They're pretty like easily. They're like more fun
1: than not. There's not as many brick wall bosses mm-hmm. in it, which I think Not is quite good. as nails, nails tough as... Uh, and as then Bonnard. we wouldn't have
2: to argue about which Dark Souls game to put on. <laughs> we just kind uh, right. of get around it. But yes, it's yeah.
0: definitely vulnerable. And if we were arguing for, say, Elden Ring, you could definitely make a case that it could replace... Interesting,
2: interesting. So let's get into
1: that. All right, so how should we do this? Do you want to just think, go through all yeah, of our suggestions? Yeah, let's read them all. Well, Kirk, okay. why don't
0: you read them all? And
1: then we can each make the case. Yep. If we want to make the case for something, we okay. can each do that. Okay, Okay. cool. So the suggestions that we came up with based on the last year and a half or so of playing are Elden Ring, which we've mentioned, Metroid Dread, fantastic game, The Case of the Golden Idol, a, a recent one that I, I haven't even finished, but we wanted to put probably it on. Here, too it probably yeah, too, probably too soon. It deserves to be. Probably too soon. As fantastic as it is. Inscription, another very cool game that um, at least I, I just really think is neat. Horizon Forbidden West, which came out this year and I really loved, maybe a little more than the two of you, but I thought it was great. Citizen Sleeper, fantastic narrative game that we did an episode on earlier this year. Persona 5 Royal, a game that just feels like it should be mentioned at least because yeah. I played 7,000 hours of it and am still <laughs> playing it. Yeah, why didn't we put it on this list? I
2: think place. it almost made it on. I think, it, I I think, think we it talked was about it in okay. contention but it didn't extensively. Make it. Okay. I
1: mm-hmm. think
0: I would argue, actually, no, I'll hold it. Let's <laughs> let, me, let me finish.
1: I'll, we're almost there. The Forgotten City, which is another time loop uh, narrative game, a little bit like Outer Wilds, that I didn't really get to play that much of, but I know Jason loves. Yes. Overboard, a wonderful <laughs> narrative game. Very cool. Um, another sort of looping narrative mystery. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Wilder Myth, a groundbreaking and very interesting RPG. That um, is maybe a little bit more of the promise of its systems than the actual, the end result. But a really cool game that's worth mentioning, and Chicory, a colorful tale, which is a beautiful. Uh, really, really interesting and cool sort of Zelda-like, mm-hmm. top-down indie um, action RPG, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. With a with a narrative. Puzzle piece.
2: action RPG. It's a Zelda-like, mm-hmm. so it's got all all free.
0: Let me get a thought out before I forget it. Um, Persona 5 Royal, I want to make the case for this. I think because okay. it's now on Steam and Switch and Xbox, yeah. and, uh, it's way more accessible to just about everyone. I'm I would nodding. Make case I'm, that I'm now, agreeing. I'm yeah, seconding all of this. I think now I think it you're should right. be on the list, and and uh yeah i mean i just don't see a reason why it shouldn't be it's fantastic it's amazing
2: my other argument it's a it's a jrpg and I mm-hmm. don't want to put Sweet Coden Two or Final Fantasy VI <laughs> on this list. However... But it seems like we should have however, one. However, yeah. it seems like we should have one, and it all, because we talk about JRPGs, especially a turn-based JRPG, a lot, so why not put on one of the only ones that even I like? You know? Mm-hmm. Right, that seems that so, fair. So
0: the the question <laughs> is, what, what is vulnerable here? My proposal is Persona 5 Royal... Replaces
1: Demon Souls remake. That's my proposal. So what do you guys let's, think? Let's let's I think we should decide what get we all of keep. our games yeah. that we oh, okay. kinda want to get can... on there. Because we might okay. have to maybe all the games we want to put on don't make it because we can't come up with a cut. Okay. But I think I think you're heading in the right direction. So here's, let's
2: here's an easy one though. Elden Ring do even yes, I mean, agree need i go on <laughs> no you need no. let's just
1: keep going <laughs> elven ring definitely should be on the list come on like it's an incredible game and Great. we all loved it Great. yeah
0: people have heard us rave about this game all years
1: and will again when we talk about games of the year I so know. no more needed let's talk about metroid dread because that's an interesting one it's a fantastic game and maddie i would assume you would probably have an
2: argument i would like it. to have this on the list i yeah. i think i originally suggested super metroid for this list in the mm-hmm. pre-metroid dread Days, Metroid Dread in many ways is taking all the concepts that were in Super Metroid, which is one trillion years old, and many people don't really enjoy playing it anymore. People who are wrong, I might add, but that's not who I'm arguing <laughs> with today. Uh, Metroid Dread even it has an easy mode now. I've not played it, but it has a mm-hmm. mode for people who didn't like how annoying the bosses are. I personally love every single one of those bosses and how challenging they were, but I respect that not everybody likes having to learn a series of dance moves that Samus needs to do in order to fire (laughs) missiles at the right time. And Mm -hmm. just, I don't know, I freaking loved this game and you two liked it too. So hopefully you're at least a little bit interested in potentially putting it on but I yeah I'm I
1: love every minute of it I'm all for putting it <laughs> I on. thought it was incredible as yeah well. like, I, 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 loved I loved it and I think like I so there's kind of one Metroid alike game on on the list already which is Hollow Knight which
2: is Hollow Knight but I would there's... argue they should both be on there because Hollow Knight is a pretty different game and doesn't yes. actually have that much in common with how it feels to play a Metroid whereas to me a Metroid Dread feels like the er Metroid like it's like yes. as good as you want Super Metroid to feel you know like it really yeah. capitalizes on all those feelings I think yeah and yes. if I were to Agreed. recommend
0: someone to play a Metroid game specifically it would be this oh, one. like yeah. this game is the best Metroid game I would yeah. say even over Metroid Prime I would mm-hmm. argue I, I think it has it's oh, so very so many playable good.
2: it's really mm-hmm. fun it introduces you to Samus's story and advances it at the same time which is like amazing we love to see it
1: and it's a pace thing for me it's the pace of hollow Knight is so completely different from metroid dread metroid dread hits the ground at a sprint and just does not let up for the whole time i was a breathless experience playing it i thought it was mm-hmm. incredible so we're all sold yeah, I, I, I totally am sold i think i think we can probably find a spot
0: all right i'm gonna make another i'm gonna make another pitch to you guys Overboard. I think Overboard is a brilliant game. I think it's unlike Uh it's unlike anything else I've played. So Overboard is a game where you are uh, this woman on a cruise liner in the fifties, and you've just killed your husband, and you have to figure out how to get away with it. So you have Mm -hmm. to frame people, you have to like seduce Uh people, you have to, and you have this time limit of uh, when you're getting to shore. And if you don't successfully like uh, uh, get uh, get get rid of all the evidence and like prove your innocence by the time you get to shore, you will be arrested um i love the game and it even has like a weird supernatural twist like there's so many endings you can play it's so replayable it's not like this big epic experience it only will take you like five or six hours to beat but you know what i think we need a game on here that
1: only takes five or six hours to beat because we don't Mm. have one Hmm. so here's the thing okay i like this argument, and I do like the idea of getting an, a shorter game and a game that's a little bit different onto this list. Well, I'll get into my. I actually kind of have a proposal for that. I like that, okay. and I'm 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 kind of with Maddie, you. Maddie, know. did you play Overboard or you? I did, it? I did.
2: I did. Okay. I liked it. I I don't think. Kirk or I liked it as much as you did but I totally agree that it's doing something different and that's part of Mm -hmm. what I like about our list is trying to have not just games of different lengths but also just games that do something that no other game Mm -hmm. does so they're good points of comparison but
0: it's also a game that And all of our mothers could play, like anyone can play, which I think is uh, deserves deserves. It's very accessible. True,
2: true, but that's true. I, in terms of games that are short and have a really great story, Citizen Sleeper was gonna be the one that I put forward because it's also six hours. Okay, maybe my mom and dad couldn't necessarily understand it. It's a little too hard with the dice rolls, but. I really liked it. It, This one is tough, though, because in terms of games that work this way, I still feel like Disco Elysium is stronger. But Citizen Sleeper is so great at what it's doing, and it's set in a totally different world, and you're like a weird cyborg being, and just that Mm -hmm. concept and the way that they explain that. You're on a space station, and you're uh, learning about the world as you go in the same way that Harry does in Disco, but it's, it's just... I don't know, I really liked the, all the characters, the writing was great, learning about the world was really cool. I, it really, really worked for me, and it was probably the closest thing to Disco Elysium in recent memory that I've played.
1: Agree, I agree with all of that, both with the strengths of the game, I think it's a really wonderful game, and also with the fact that it's just, it, it is very similar to Disco Elysium, but it doesn't quite have Disco Elysium's just unbelievable mm-hmm. richness and breadth. Which isn't shorter. necessarily a bad thing, right? Because it makes it shorter. But at the same time, I don't know. As, so, as as special and interesting as it is. The case
0: against Citizen Sleeper, just real quick, the case against Citizen Sleeper is there can be a lot of monotony. Um, mm. I mentioned this when we did our triple play. I got stuck in this loop where I had to like get out oh, of poverty. Yeah. Right. It took yeah. me a long time. And it's kind of a brilliant satire of capitalism. But as a game experience, Experience, it was not super not enjoyable as fun. and well, I would see, have stopped similar, playing if I didn't have to play it for this podcast
2: I, w- I had a similar issue with Overboard where I got stuck and kept seeing very similar dialogue over and over and felt like mm. replaying it a lot wasn't yep. as fun as I wanted it to be it's I mean it's tough we're, we're trying to pick the best games here so it's mm-hmm. like we're, we're kind of being nitpicky I would recommend no, a good
1: argument. I think that's a very good point too like I think that's a, a right. case against it and we're also trying to pick the games that we like the most because mm-hmm. we're not going by some objective standard. And I think that it just in that case, it's not like it has to be. We swap out the narrative, you know, games that use dice rolls to tell a right. story. But, but if we are, are kind of comparing those two games, yeah. they're similar enough. And I think that just across the three of us, that Disco Elysium still does have an edge over Citizen Sleeper as fantastic as Citizen Sleeper was. Um, so I'm kind of looking at this. We have four games that I think have a shot. I don't think... I think, like you said, with Case of the Golden Idol, it's too soon. Inscription, I think, is good, but a little too weird, um, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) Uh, Or at least I think I maybe liked it a little more. The first part of
2: Inscription is its strongest part. Yeah, after the
0: first part, it Okay, that's
1: fine, that's fine. Horizon Forbidden West, again, I think that's one that I really liked, but that the two of you were a little cooler on, Yeah. and it doesn't need to be on this list. The Forgotten City cool game but I don't know like I think just well
0: YouTube would have had to beat it to really understand it so yeah maybe. it might
1: be that we'll come back to it I still own I ever, it maybe one day. I'd still like right, to play I, it I do still have it installed and want to play it I
2: mean Maddie you should <laughs> you would really like it it's still a him, video honey. game that's out there folks <laughs> I agree with your comment about Wildermyth as well Kirk like it's it's a really mm-hmm. cool concept but in practice I saw the cracks in uh-huh. ways that started to grate on me And I think I'm the only one who's really played Chicory. I really loved it, but I get that it's, it's harder to make a case for games that only one of us has played.
1: Uh-huh. Right, and it, it, I liked it, but I guess it apparently didn't grab me enough to finish it, even though it, I, I should probably finish it one day, because I did really like what I played. But mm-hmm. um, we can, I guess, come back to that. So even with even if we just leave this aside and look at the four games we have, we have four games, Persona 5 Royal, Elden Ring, Metroid Dread, and Overboard, and then we only have three spots. Although which, Maddie just uh, pointed
0: out that Overboard, Maddie, Maddie had an, a case against Overboard, so I don't want to necessarily right? make it a lock.
1: Well, the thing I was thinking with Overboard, it, I think the three most vulnerable, games based on that conversation are Bloodborne, Hitman 3, and Demon's Souls Remake. Mm -hmm. Um, And I only pick Bloodborne and Demon's Souls Remake because I think Elden Ring is a lock, and so I'm kind of thinking of it in terms of we're going to have swap one Souls game in for another. And I say Hitman 3 just because, Jason, you kind of gave an argument against it, and also... The thing is, like, Overboard is the opposite of Hitman. It's you have already done the murder and you must get away with it rather than you must figure out how to do the murder. Yeah. And I do, I would enjoy the symmetry of swapping those two for one another, (laughs) if only because Overboard is very different from... From Hitman. But I love (laughs) Hitman. I
0: mean, I I probably prefer Hitman to Overboard. If we put in Overboard, then we have two games
1: about being on a boat. So that, Mm. we got to consider that.
2: Interesting. Okay. So it's
1: tricky because um, if we take Hitman off, you know, we're losing a game. There isn't really another game like it on this list. Um, But also, you know, I, I think I know that I like that game more than the two of you. And um, then that leaves us, I mean, that would leave us with Metroid Dread, Elden Ring, and Persona 5 Royal, leaving aside, leaving, I guess, leaving overboard off. I don't know. What are the two? Well, we unless
0: thinking? we pick another game to get rid what of. What else is I mean, vulnerable? It's hard to argue. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's tough. Hades, I know Hades is is still pretty strong. Breath of the yeah, Wild, Hades it's is hard amazing. To hard to argue against that. I, I can... mean,
2: I haven't played Divinity: Original Sin two, so I'm just gonna come out and say, what if it sucks? I haven't played it. <laughs> <laughs> you should play it.
0: You should really play all the triplets. I know. Whenever sick. we talk about is, it,
2: I'm like, this is the only game on the list I haven't played. Yeah, what it's like doing? one
1: of the best video games I've ever played in my life. <laughs> yeah, Maggie, like, I love it. I feel it, like so... you would really enjoy it. You guys, yeah, would... I'm yeah, really busy with
2: Assassin's Creed Origins right now, and that's. <laughs> Not a joke. Okay. Anyway. Um, no, um, I've I'm also like, what about some of the older games? Like, is it time to phase out the Oprah Dins and Outer Wilds of the world? That feels sacrilegious to say on this show. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I've considered it. Like Oprah Din, some people get kinda of motion sick. The the visuals of it is really are really interesting. Not everybody clicks with yeah, the visuals of Oprah yeah. Den, you know? Like something like Persona 5 Royal is easier to get into if you just want to play a cool story, but also it's a completely different game. I realize that's Apples and Origins. i have just I'm just mm-hmm. throwing out crazy ideas here.
0: Outer Wild's just got an expansion, so it can't really be counted as an old game, I would say. Okay. Um, Din, I think a, an elegant replacement for that one day might be Case of the Golden Idol, but we'll see mm, how the mm-hmm. let's see how it ages. Yeah. Let's see what we all think about it when we've all had a chance to finish it. I know
2: it. I'm just trying to kind of keep Hitman three, but I, maybe it's a lost cause. I'm I, I, maybe we replace Persona Five. Well, Royal Persona there. Five
0: Royal. There's nothing like Persona Five Royal on the list, so like we're replacing one unique game with another mm-hmm. unique game. Also, I would argue that like we don't necessarily need that. Like it doesn't need to be a, a different one entry from each genre. Well, or I
2: know, but it's fun to think about it that way and be yeah, like, "Well, Kirk's really into saying. Hitman Three, but now all he's doing is playing Persona Five Royal."
0: <laughs> let's do this one at a time, right? Like, I think it's very easy to make Elden Ring swap for uh, Demon Souls remake, right? Like that—that that was public. you're
2: saying. Let's, but Kirk is just silently putting. Yeah, new I know. On <laughs> the in the, the Google document. Doc, Kirk is
0: just messing around. He's just <laughs> trying to see. I remember he would do this. He would do this with Games of the Year. He was like, "I just want to see what different." lists look like and mm-hmm, visualize mm-hmm. it that way and then he'll put him put it in like uh character order different, so it's like the artists. shortest level is uh, shortest <laughs> is first. Anyway yeah. I Actually, think Elden Ring just in. thinking this through Elden Ring for Demon Soul I think is a pretty obvious yes, and easy swap, right let's do this one game at a time Kirk you you can really confuse it. me by Well okay, by so changing here's the changed McGregor's skin Kirk has replaced <laughs>
2: Bloodborne with Metroid Dread which uh-huh. also feels Yes, that also feels logical because they're both kind of scary. I don't. I like Mm -hmm. how I started that sentence and didn't know how it was going to end, and I tried to make it work. (laughs) It
0: doesn't need to be that they have things. Okay, let's just talk this through, right? Blood. uh, Okay, Elden Ring for Demon Souls, Metroid Dread for Bloodborne, Persona Five Royal for Hitman Three. I think Mm -hmm. those are good swaps. And then the question is. Is there room here for an Overboard or a Citizen Sleeper to replace any of these others? Just to read the list again, as it is right now. Disco Elysium, Return of the Oberdin, Hollow Knight, Outer Wilds, Hades, Metroid Dread, Breath of the Wild, Divinity Original Sin 2, Persona 5 Royal, Elden Ring. The only, I like that list. Yeah, I mean, I, like Hades, if you're not in the mood for like a hack and slash roguelike, I guess... But that game is so perfectly crap. I spent like uh, part of me is like, man, I've spent so much time in Hades. But wait a minute. Oh, I've spent so much time in Hades because it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Breath of the Wild. I mean, I think that'll probably be maybe be replaced by its successor in May. So we can wait until then to knock it off the list. I can't see Breath of the Wild going in favor of either Overboard or Citizen Sleeper. So I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's the list.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that's the helpful. The helpful exercise here has been replacing those three games with the three newcomers, and then trying to see if there's a space for either the other games. Because I don't think that there is. I I think this is a hell of a list, and every game on here deserves to be here. So it's a good list, and you know this is how it'll always be for this. Especially as we go, all the games that we cut, which we'll include in the list. You know, you can see all the past entries; they're all good. Mm -hmm. They're all all good games. Any game that even gets considered to be on this list is incredible so that's a pretty good list i think we did it we added three games yes. And we did it that, that's solid that's solid work i think
0: i think one of our criteria at the beginning was that these should be relatively modern games and that this is they like need a to list be playable they stuff. need to be accessible mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah
2: yeah and i, I think that's so, true so like well. at
0: some point we could revisit and be like okay let's make a cutoff year just to keep things thriving because like otherwise we could keep hollow knight on there forever um so yeah so yeah. we'll we'll revisit that in the future so kirk you want to read the the final list that we've made as of right now
1: yes so the final triple clicks picks as of november 2022 disco elysium return of the Obra din hollow knight outer wilds hades metroid dread breath of the wild divinity original sin 2 persona 5 royal and elden ring we did it that's the update. We'll we be back it. in another year and a half to do another update. <laughs> Let's take a break. And then we will be back for one more thing.
2: I'm Lisa Hanawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Wow, Emily, we've been doing this podcast for 10 years. I know. But hey, don't worry. You can jump in at literally any episode and hear us talk about some of our favorite stuff. Caterpillars becoming butterflies. Martha Stewart flying around in a private jet full of trees. Yes, you heard me right. Trees. Neighbors becoming enemies. Just kidding. (laughs) Whatever messed up stuff we can find on Wikipedia. Our impeccable taste in everything from dogs to TV shows to bodily functions. And horses. Lots and lots of horses. Come for our horned up rants about the world. Stay for the catchy theme songs. You might not learn anything, but we're a good hang. Baby Geniuses. Every other week on MaximumFun.org. Baby Geniuses tell us something we don't know. Hi, I'm
1: Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Our comedy podcast, Jordan, Jesse, go, just celebrated its 15th anniversary. It was a couple months ago, but we forgot. Uh, Yeah, completely. Our, Our silly show is 15 years old. That makes it old enough to get its learner's permit. And almost old enough to get the talk. Wow, I hope you got to talk before then. A lot of things have changed in 15 years. Our show's not one of them. We're never changing and you can't make us. Jordan, Jesse, go the same forever at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back for one more thing. Maddie, why don't you go first?
2: Sure. So my one more thing is a book which is called The Talented Mr. Ripley and it's by Patricia Mm. Highsmith. So I've actually never seen the movie The Talented Mr. Ripley. It's good.
1: It's
2: a good movie. only knew a little bit about what happens in it. Uh So here's the thing about this book. Patricia Highsmith was a lesbian, also wrote Mm. Strangers on a Train, also wrote a whole bunch of other Tom Ripley books and also wrote the book on which the movie Carol is based. So I read an article Mm. about her and I was like, first of all, I didn't even know that a woman wrote Strangers on a Train and talented Mr. Ripley. That's cool. Second of all, didn't know she was a lesbian. Also cool. Uh, So then I was like, as seems like some important queer history, I've got to read this. This book is stressing me the hell out. I'm like two hours from the end of the (laughs) audio book. I, yeah. I keep pausing it because I'm freaking out. I don't even know if I recommend it. What, what is is Mr. Ripley? So, Mr. Ripley is a con man and eventually a murderer. And he yep. is not a sociopath. <laughs> I don't know if the movies change that, but he is a being with emotions and thoughts and feelings. And he is also maybe bisexual. It's never confirmed. I mean, Mm -hmm. he lives in Victorian times. So like the ways that he talks about his sexuality are very like awkward. And obviously being queer is not socially acceptable or legal, depending on where you live. Um, But he's in Europe and he's sort of insinuating himself as sort of a poor man into rich people's lives by conning them and taking advantage of people and trying to find a way to make money on his own or steal money so that he can live a normal, happy life. But also he's really selfish and short-sighted and is a deeply flawed character. I don't know. I One of the first things I said about this book was that I was like, oh, it's really cool to read a queer villain written by a queer person. That's like, really fascinating. Mm -hmm. But then the other part of it, now that I'm like in the home stretch of the book where the police keep questioning him and he keeps like narrowly getting out of things is that I'm just like, (laughs) this book is incredible. I'm so stressed out. I'm rooting for Tom Ripley to get out of every situation that he's in. But then he does something else horrible. And I'm like, I want you to stop, man. Like, I need you to stop doing everything you're doing. (laughs) But... The first half of the book is like really slow. So I, I I don't know. I guess I recommend it if you want to read a really slow book that then becomes ridiculously stressful in the second half just so that you can like experience what it's like to read a book with that slow of a build it's very artfully done uh Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm thinking i'm gonna take a break from tom ripley's adventures and read strangers on a train after this because i want to see what else patricia highsmith has written but um the audiobook's really fun great reader uh the talented mr ripley maybe i'll watch the movies i don't know maybe i won't even be able to finish reading this book because i'm freaking out that's what i've been doing
1: Nice. I haven't seen the movie in a while, but it's definitely that description of the general (laughs) arc of it is similar, where it's kind of a slow burn and then suddenly it gets extremely stressful and and, uh, really changes when when something extreme happens. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, I'll go next, since Jason I know you have a game, so you can close us out. My one more thing is not a book or a movie or anything. My one more thing is physical therapy, because I wanted to mention this as something that, uh, I don't know, maybe some of our listeners... Uh, will be inspired by. So I, as any, or as a lot of tall people, especially in their early 40s, um, have got some lower back pain. Mm. And I think that's pretty common. Like a lot of people just sort of are like, yeah, my back hurts a lot of the time and that's just life. Or, oh yeah, my arm hurts from where I I heard it, you know, when I was a kid and, and now it just gets sore because as you get older, your body starts falling apart. And the thing is, physical therapy is a thing and physical therapists are amazing. And I've been going to see a physical therapist. I, my doctor referred me to one and um, it's sort of covered by my health insurance. So I am I'm I'm aware that this I'm suggesting something that is harder to get than it should be. Now that I've been doing physical therapy for a little while, this isn't major stuff. It's just like, here are some stretches for your back. Here are some ways that you should sit. Let's work with you on this thing and that thing. And they give me exercises to do. Now that I've been doing it for a little while it's so amazing. Everyone should have a physical therapist assigned to them. And also physical therapists themselves are incredible. It's like an incredible kind of work. They can really help with a lot of stuff that I think people just sort of go through life thinking is just, oh, this is just part of life. I don't know. Like, yeah, I just hurt all the time. Like every time I stand up from a (laughs) chair, I groan because, you know, it hurts in some part of my body. That doesn't have to be the case every single time, right? There are actually a lot of things you can do. So I mainly just wanted to sort of, share that and to say, first off, to any physical therapist listening to this, you rule and (laughs) you're doing amazing work. And I really like respect the hell out of you because physical therapists, I've really come to appreciate what an amazing occupation that is and how important it is. And also if you're out there and you do have that kind of pain, and especially if you have health insurance, even though I completely think this should not be necessary, but if you have insurance that'll cover it or a way to help, um, help afford it since it can be expensive. Um, That you should consider going to your doctor and saying, hey, you know, I've got back pain, I've got some arm pain, shoulder pain, whatever it is, and just going in to see a physical therapist because it can really make a huge difference and it might wind up like really changing your life and just (laughs) removing a lot of pain from it, which can be amazing. So that's my one more thing. Just to throw that out there into the universe for anyone who might need to hear it. All right, Jason, what is your one more thing? Triple click. Come for the video game. Stay for the life advice.
0: Health advice, advice. Uh, yeah. A little bit of health advice <laughs> just there Mitigation. At the <laughs> My one more thing is a video game called Tactics Ogre Reborn. Yeah. This is a game that comes out next week. It is a strategy RPG directed by Yasumi Matsuno, who is known as director of... Uh, a whole bunch of games uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, Final Fantasy XII, lots of other cool stuff, Ogre Battle. Um, and Tactics Ogre Reborn is like a lot like Final Fantasy Tactics. You are. Um, it's set in this medieval world full of politics Mm -hmm. and strife and lots and lots of proper nouns. (laughs) Amazing music. Tons of proper nouns. There's so many proper nouns in this game. It's very difficult to keep track of them all like a good fantasy novel should have. Um, (laughs) And uh, it's uh, a bunch of grid based battlefields like Final Fantasy Tactics where you move characters around and it's turn based and they can be positioned and smack people or shoot arrows at people or cast spells at people. And it's really, really good. Um, Yeah, it is. I talked about this a little bit last week, but I wanted to elaborate and get a little bit deeper into it because uh, uh, I've been playing a lot more. I've been playing it on my Switch, like uh, while holding a baby or in bed, like uh, right before I go to sleep and um it's a really good like complement to final fantasy tactics especially in this modern version because this modern version like changes a lot and adds a lot of cool new stuff there's a fast forward button first of all which is really good there's also like a Mm. bunch of these stat cards that wind up randomly appearing on the battlefield and boost your stats if you land on them so uh you have to make a lot of interesting decisions as you're playing like hey do i want to attack this guy or do I wanna just go and jump on this attack boost card to prevent someone else from getting it and also to boost Mm -hmm. my attack. And so um and then on top of that, you're like building up this party full of classes, which is really interesting. You're making a lot of interesting choices there. And then you're also making decisions as you go along in the story. And there are a bunch of different routes you can take. There's like a chaos route and a lawful route and a neutral route and um you can Either recruit different characters or like drive different characters to leave your party along the way. It's really, mm-hmm. really cool. The one thing is, I forgot. How long a game like this takes because each battle, it's not like a simple (laughs) turn based battle. Each battle is like on a big grid and you have to like maneuver characters around. It can take like a solid 15, 20 minutes per battle, if not longer. And so this game is going to be 400 (laughs) hours. Like I already feel like I've been playing for a while and I'm still in chapter one out of like five or something. I don't even know how many chapters there are, but uh, it's it's a very lengthy, meaty experience. But that said, um, if you haven't played, this game or even if you have played this game because there's so much new stuff in it tactics Ogre reborn so good really really good i love it um especially if you're just like like you you have to be a strategy rpg if you're a strategy rpg fan you will really (laughs) enjoy this if you're not into like the likes of final fantasy tactics or whatever you will you will not be into this one but uh but yeah man i'm i'm really digging it probably going to keep talking about it because it's pretty much all i've been playing um other than god of war which we'll talk about next week but uh but yeah i mean getting getting a new man this this year full of strategy rpgs has been uh it's been very good for strategy rpg fans between triangle strategy and like uh field chronicle which i haven't tried yet but i heard good things about and now this Man, Mario and Rabbits. which I rabbit started but I'm really yeah, excited which I to play with. Um, yeah, uh, also yeah. very different yeah, feeling yeah, it's a, a good time for, a strategy for, game. for tactics but yeah, tactics are a and I'm just like so into it I'm like figuring out how to maximize my party and like, uh, should I have nice. this bow guy or this this uh, hammer guy and how
1: should I do this <laughs> sure. and this and this bow guy or hammer guy? I mean, it's a classic
2: question, question.
1: <laughs> hammer guy or bow guy, that is the eternal question it really is <laughs> nice, yeah, I'm excited to play that one Alright, well that's it. We've done it. We've talked about some new games. We've talked about some old games. We've added some new games to our list of old games. <laughs> all kinds of all kinds of different games, really. We 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 covered them all in this episode. We did. So that was a lot of fun. We sure did. And uh, our, our Mario discussion is in the bonus feed for members. Thanks again to everyone who's a member and supports us making this show. And yeah, until next time, I will see the two of you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Find us on Twitter at tripleclickpods, send email to tripleclick at maximum and find a link to our Discord in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next time.